and welcome to Tell Me About Your D&D Character, a podcast where people get a chance to talk about their characters from different role-playing games. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today my guest is Terry Holderness, um, who is one half of the Adventuring Alchemist company. He does that with his wife, Making Dice, which we talk about a little bit on the podcast, and also one half of the Quest Suppliers, a local RPG gaming store here in Melbourne, uh, who has been kind enough to sponsor a lot of local events, things like ArcanaCon, and also gave a bit of a giveaway on my other podcast of Dyson DMs. It was really fun talking with Terry about his uh, his Dragonborn Taraxxon, and just kind of getting an idea of how... Well, Terry talks about it in the, in the episode where he's talking about stepping outside of his comfort zone to find a, a character type that he hasn't really tried before. And I, I was just really fascinated by that. And just some of the, the dice ideas. I've never really before speaking with Terry, I never really thought about where the dice come from. And particularly when they're very personal, I usually spend a long time just kind of looking at my dice and picking out the exact ones I want for a character. And especially when I'm buying new dice, I think about who this would work for rather than just, yeah, great, grab new dice. So yeah, it was a really, really good episode. Um, really fun for me. So I'll talk to you on the other side of the, the chat. Have you had much time to play? Uh, we had a game on Sunday just gone. So we started our second campaign now, um, which is good that we're only, I think this is our third or fourth episode. Because um, we were supposed to start it back at the, was it November? Obviously COVID hit and then we got finally got to our first session just before Christmas and then we stopped there, came back and then had to have a hiatus for a little bit. And then obviously the COVID stuff happened again. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it kept pushing everything back. So it tends yeah, to stagger. It's good. It's good to be back. Yeah. Like we can, we can run it online. It's just, again, for our DM, everything's very, he sets his scenery up on the table. So it's not as good when you're not there. Yeah. So, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a nostalgia type person. I prefer the physical stuff opposed to doing it digitally. It's it's such a different feel, in, yeah. In having the physical stuff there, and it's sometimes, I remember my physical games occasionally just be the same miniatures every single time. Of yep. this time they're going to represent bandits, this time they're representing town guards, this time they're representing elves or something. But having them there changes changes what you're doing. You just get a better sense of everything yeah. on the table. I don't yep. know what it is. I guess it's old school yeah. brain. Yeah, it's the same. Like I'm a. Well, I haven't co- collected comics for a while, but when everything went to digital, I couldn't do it. I just, there's something about the physical piece in front of you. And I don't know if that's a nostalgia thing or, or what that is, but yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm into comics as well and, and books as well, that there's been a huge, huge push for digital and I'll read yep. them digitally, but I still want that physical copy. Yeah, ta- tactiles was the yeah. one I was looking yeah, for. That tactile yeah, that tactile feel. tactile a lot of the time I'll read just the, the digital issues as they come out each month. And then once it's out in a trade, I'll get the trade and it'll sit on yes. the shelf and I might I usually read it again, but it'll be on the shelf in case I ever want to read it again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just, yep. I just having it there at my, it's the same with DVDs. It's like, I have so many DVDs because everything's on streaming. I've got Disney plus so I can watch all the Marvel movies. I still have all the DVDs yep. because sometimes I want to, I want to just, sit down and watch a DVD or I want to lend it to someone yeah. who might not have the streaming services. Yeah. Very, very, very true. 
for sure. And it's like I can't I can't lend a digital copy because apparently that's piracy. Oh yeah, actually very true. Never thought of it like that. But yeah, um, I mean, it's all how's actually speaking of like the the COVID. How did um you guys go during COVID with with the store? Um, good at the start of it. Yep. Um, there was a lot of people, especially with D and D. There was a lot of people buying the books. People that either ha- a haven't played before or new players come. Oh, sorry, that's the same thing. New players <laughs> coming into it. Um, there was a lot of people purchasing the books. Um, yeah. Dice Dice kind of dropped off a little bit, um, which was hard because my other side of my business is I run Adventuring Alchemist, so I make mm-hmm. dice with my wife. Mm-hmm. And then Chris has obviously got Glowcraft as well. His stuff, some of his stuff went off as well on there. Um, but it's just depends. Again, we were doing a bit with our, um, no, I can forge, sorry, Arcanacon as well. So with Ben doing Dungeon and Distancing and that. So that we'd seen spikes with that. And it slowly started to peak off a little bit. Yep. So, yeah. But now it good, but not having the physical events kind of affected us as well. Because yeah. um, we we thrive at the physical events, and we like we're itching to get to our next one. We're supposed to be doing uh, conquest uh, okay. in Easter long weekend. That is okay. So, so that'll be our first physical event back, which is like oh, thank gosh. Uh, yeah, and then we've got stupid over the week after. I mean, how long have you been doing the the physical events now? Is it three years? No, no, only uh, about just over two years. Okay. So Just over like... two years, yeah. We've yeah. So we've got packs this year. Oh, and packs as well, of course. Yeah. Uh for adventuring alchemists, no, but we've had like our own like other dice as well, but none of the handmade stuff. So um this will be the first time at a physical event. Um but we've got packs this year as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be very interesting. So. What do you find people look for in the dice when you're making the dice? What do you come up like I I can imagine a few things I'd want, but I'm I'm thinking when you're designing a set or someone said this is what I'd really be into. What do you find most common? Um, at least for when I'm making them, it's more colours than anything yeah. um, that I find, and the finish. So something that's well balanced, obviously, it's very can be hard to keep dice extremely well balanced um especially if you put inclusions um i don't tend to do many occlusion inclusions in the um the dice so are inclusions just but, like a, a swirl of color or are you talking about like actual objects no i know physical type objects okay. in so some people will do flowers some people actually yeah. do little 3d models they'll put in there that type of thing um i think they're cool but it's not i really more so want to create playing dice opposed to just something that's to me that sits there everyone's a bit different but um yeah i suppose that, yeah the most important things i find is the finish the color or what color combinations in that um and inking different styles yeah. of inking so yeah so you, you, at the moment you're just making sets to, to sell you're not taking like commission set dice for, uh, um... we've done a couple of commission sets uh, commission set dice um but mainly just creating our own so if someone comes to me and says i want this particular type of thing then we'll customize it to what they want um depending on the scope that they have for it 
are those just ideas for dice that they have or are they got a specific do you think do they talk about a character that they might be like i'm because i know a lot of people have a set of dice yes. that they use for certain characters and i'm wondering is that what they're yes. they're asking for um yes i would say about 50 50 50 50 yeah. on that one so out of the customization ones there's been yeah about a 50 50 one okay. other ones i've had like we've had someone approach us about doing around christmas and that they wanted a bb8 inspired type set oh, of nice. dice yeah. which was really cool so i got to play with the colors that which then gave me other ideas for other dice that we can create along themed ones so yeah, yeah that's that's awesome i love that idea because i think i mean i have my my um wizard dice are just all reds reds and oranges because he's going to be throwing yeah. fireballs everywhere and i'm yep. just thinking do you when you're building a die set do you go this would work well for this sort of character or um is it just more sometimes. i like this color i just want to do a, a little bit of a feel for that uh it de- it depends it's sometimes i'll throw things just together and then i'll come up with the idea of what it is after mm-hmm. like i've trialed and error colors before and i've put these bits and pieces and i go actually you know what that reminds me of that character or that will work for that character so more comes in when i do the naming conventions of the dice yep as i've done the colors there are times i go oh that will be cool with that to do for a particular character but as you were saying like you your dice you'll tend to have around your character are red yep. but for me with the wizard my own personal thought would be purple yeah but and that's the thing every it's very subjective it's so much about the character as well yeah 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 um same with like when i was saying before about how we did those bb8 inspired type dice Mm -hmm. it um then kind of led me to other ideas of what to do so or for other things so again i'm a big toy story type fan so buzz lightyear and that we were playing around with fluorescent inking and then when we were doing i'm like oh my gosh this is going to work well for doing a buzz lightyear type Mm-hmm. set of dice so that that is something to come down the track um i yeah. just think i'm just thinking now a buzz Lightyear type fighter or ranger or something would be really fun yeah, to play yeah, true just true. somebody who refuses uh, to admit that they're they're in a fantasy realm and they're like they're from space or something like that yeah yeah um but even then like i looking down that track as well not just from D, but obviously starfighter is starting to get a bit more popular starfinder sorry starting to get yeah. a bit more popularity as well so that's going to open up that realm for other inspired dice which you can as you said move that into it can be a sci-fi t- themed dice but it can work for starry D&D dice. character starry dice yeah yeah, yeah. That, um, <clears throat> so yeah. what about you do you have oh, a, so do you have a set of dice for your characters or i mean you say purple for your wizard do you have one for each yep. class? Well, we're actually kind of leading on from that. Do yeah. you, I'm just got a, a big dice bag, but I have all yep. these different colors matched in and then I pull the sets out that I kind of feel on the day. And then I'm like, cool, it's a wizard. So I'm going to grab the fiery ones. Now I've got a druid. So I get some blues and greens and things like that. But do you have, this is X's dice and these are Y's dice and I've designed them or I feel that from them when you're using them. Like, this is a, just something that I think no, pe- no. some people really latch onto with their dice. Yeah, I did probably for my last character. Um, I picked a set of dice that kind of resembled him. And now it's more whatever I feel on the day will work well with it. 
Um, when we come up to the Christmas sessions, I always have a Christmas set of dice that'll have for that. So theme it around there. Um, but yeah, it's giving me other ideas, other ideas for if we're going to have like a special themed episode for a game, it'd be cool to have a set of dice just for that theme. Mm. You can have like desert theme, island theme. Yeah. Yeah, and Christmas yep. themes always the go-to. Oh, I'm just thinking of Easter theme where it's kind of like striped like eggs. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Didn't even think of Easter. <laughs> <laughs> just have different uh, Halloween ones, obviously. You could do some, yeah. some gothy yeah. ones. Yeah, Maybe yeah we did to... some of those around pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spooky dice. It's really mm. cool. I think thematic dice, people are really into, particularly when it comes up to a holiday or something like that even more so than their own specific character dice. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, we created actually a, it was actually my wife's idea to do this and she's not even a D&D player, <laughs> but um, a Christmas theme set of dice. So each, out of the seven pieces, every, the highest number on each of the dice had a different icon on it. Mm-hmm. So like there was a reindeer on one, um, a Christmas tree on another, which was really cool. And oh, that's so being cool. able to paint them, with all the different colors, not just a flat color. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, awesome. yeah, it's cool. It's been one of my favorite ones I've done, but because they did so well, I haven't even got a set for myself. <laughs> so oh. I'm going to have to make my own. <laughs> oh, that's a, a so. victim of your own success. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I would, I, the first time I, I'd make them, I would just definitely put them one aside for me. That, that's my set. Yeah. That's my test one yep. that I can base all the others off. It's like, no one else gets that yeah. set. Yeah, it's the first no, casting. No. Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> that's that's a good the question actually. One. Do you test the dice? I mean, not just for weight, but just to see if they're going to be lucky. Um, this is both the, the dice you make and the dice that uh, um, you use. Uh, not not the ones that I use. I tend to have multiple sets yeah. at a table, like when we're playing D anD. d a lot of the other guys will have just literally one. It'll be, yeah, one set. And then it'll be myself and the DM that'll have multiple ones. Just, just yeah. if something's not working for me, I'm like, I'm changing the die. It's got to mm-hmm. be a different you, die. So you've I'll got have... to be able to change it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then again, like when we've, I've seen with other people, there are a lot of ones that will do the roles a few times to see what they're going to get before they decide to purchase a, a set of dice mm-hmm. as well. So, um, which gave me the ideas when we were creating our own type of ones to make them more well balanced, mm-hmm. well balanced. Yeah. Cause you're saying before that you had the, um, that set of dice for your, was it your latest character that has their set uh, of dice? No, the previous, previous character. Yep. Okay. So this isn't the one in the campaign yep. that you just started. No, no, no. I haven't got around to actually making a set for this particular character yet. Okay, well, we'll go back to the one that you did make the dice set for. What were they? What was yep. their deal? What was going on with them that you felt I've, I need a dice set for them? It was more around because again, he was a um, dragonborn fighter, mm-hmm. and he was a blue blue colored dragonborn. So I created a set of dice dice around him, um, but I'm themed it as well around like an ocean type look to it um but yeah that was the main reason 
for him. Yeah. It was just more theming it to look the colorway of the character to to match into. So was he? Match, yeah. Because you said before that the the wizard was more purple when you use your wizard yeah. dice. Did he have a did yeah. it kind of fade in with a, a thematic thing? Because was he from the ocean? Was he islander? Was he um, just like on no, the coast, or was it just he's blue? They're nice and blue. I like the feel it's of the blue, ocean. It's blue, but it was kind of a cheek and tongue because obviously water doesn't go well with electricity, and because he was yeah. a blue dragonborn. He had uh, electricity on him, so. <laughs> but it was more of a bit of a tongue-in-cheek type thing, with uh, creating creating it more of a water-themed blue, so, something did, a little different. Did they go well for him, or were they not? They his went friend? really well. Yeah. No, no, they went well. They went well, really, really well. <laughs> Too well that everyone thought I made loaded dice. <laughs> that, that's what you want. Sometimes yeah. it's like when it's just it. It's that synetic, that kinet, or oh no, that synet, that kismet of the dice coming together and working yeah. for the character, and it's like it's yeah. it's just fate. Apparently, this is what everything needs to happen for him. So, how long were you playing that guy for? Well, I joined the campaign with Chris and that uh, probably about a year and a half. Okay, yeah, about a year and a half. So they had already been about two years in to their one so i started halfway through um which was cool but then at the same time i hadn't i played dnd back at uni how long ago was that probably about 10 years ago and that was a custom second edition this was my entry oh, back okay. into dnd's fifth edition because i was going to say 10 years ago probably would have been fourth edition that was out in the stores yeah but so many people yep. just wanted to play the old editions back then. They didn't want to try fourth. They're like, I like three, I like two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no, we we played a custom second edition, Yeah, which was really cool. Um, I played a cleric in that game, but he was OP. Like, <laughs> I pumped all of my points into religion, which ended up making me the tank, the healer, everything. Yep. So, yeah wasn't a very popular character the rest of the uh, players that's for sure <laughs> so second edition seemed very easy to become overpowered very quickly yeah no. yep. how did you find the adjustment from from that till second edition oh, so fifth edition um fifth edition is a lot easier for people to get their head around even new players mm. um it's just a lot easier to pick up the rules i've found yep. um again being like 10 years for not playing it yeah I was. It was like I was starting back as a newbie again. And um, you weren't tempted to to remake him when you came back into it. No, I wanted something different. So I went the cliche fighter for yeah. this one just to get my head back into it. Um, and again, like my new character now is actually a fighter, but he's he's going to be a psychic warrior. So I've themed okay. it around Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, nice. So kind of a Sith Lord, Samurai Knight. Kind of, yeah, kind of. So he's it's very different to me to play a character that is a bit more of an aggressive type character and not friendly with everyone. So, yeah, very different for me to do it. Well, what's, it, what's the character? Is, so is this obviously not going to be the Dragonborn? This is going to be more of a no. human? Is it, what's human. his name to yeah. start with? Uh, so I was about to say... My last character, Taraxan, is Taraxan. the uh, new character. Yeah. So, uh, what he's a little more. I mean, you say before you don't really 
play the aggressive character, is that just in combat no. or is it he doesn't get this what uh, doesn't get along with people, but have you had that in the past where you're just kind of the friendly, jovial type? Yeah, I think I I've always my last two characters previously have more been themed around how I am as a person. Hmm. Um because again I'm not I'm not confident with performing. So this has kind of broken that mold for me. So going more into something that is completely opposite to myself. So a little bit of the backstory with this character is he is an assassin from a group that's been betrayed. His uh, lover's been killed in the process and now he's on the run um, from being framed. So a lot of his side quests are going to be more to find out what's happened and get revenge on those, as well as being a bit more secretive against the group so he'll learn to obviously trust them but he's not going to give too much to them to begin with yeah oh secret secrets at the beginning of a campaign are so much fun yeah which is good because even then in our last that episode we just had on sunday there was a wanted poster up in there and the all the other people in the group have now discovered that there was a wanted poster so i've now got to try and figure out how i'm going to frame this well yeah not give them too much information but give them enough that they'll back off yeah so they'll stop asking so, questions yeah yeah so yeah. it's really cool which is it's just good because it's it's very different to how i would usually play a character mm-hmm. so yeah that's it's is that um and you can already see the arc starting to build as he realizes he can trust these other people and slowly let them in as he discovers more about it yeah I find a character like that, when you've got the secrets, you do need to sort of build the arc a little bit ahead of time because you Mm. have to wait for those moments where, okay, I can let this other character in when they reach out or they can just be, well, they're not talking to me, so I'll just continue doing as I do. Yeah. Did you have much of a plan for him like that? Like, do you know what, what happened to him in the part, like why he's being framed or who's framing him? Or have you just left that all up to the DM? So the DM came, I gave the DM bits and pieces, but I let him kind of come up with a lot more of the the backstory again, because this campaign he's running, he's kind of created his own world. Well, it's still within the standard D&D world, but he's kind of moved away from a lot of the themed books and created his own world, own environment, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I let him have a bit more of a play with what groups it came from, who the assassin group was, who his rivals were, um, the love interest, that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah. so it's a little more directions of where I wanted to go with the character, but let the DM fill in the in betweens. Oh, that's going to be fun because you're yeah. never going to know when it's going to come. No, no. So, came okay, a little bit of mystery as well. Yeah. A little bit of mystery that's going to come with it. So, again, it was a big shock to, uh, yeah, see that wanted poster. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't think this was going to happen that quickly. Yeah, those are the best kind. It's just like, oh, shit, i got to deal with this now. I was not expecting it now. And it makes it more, there's that immersion, there's that real life aspect to it of, yeah, I was planning something else today, but now I've got to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, when it all happened, it kind of worked well because in the town that we're in, there was a casino. So everyone's like, oh, casino, we'll all go there. Yeah. And it made it a bit easier for me to go, all right, I'm just going to step back. It'll give me time to think of how I'm going to tackle this. Mm-hmm. So, 
So that's a bit of a distraction there. That's awesome. So you say there's four sessions of this, this so far? Was that right? Uh, I think, I think yeah, we're in a four. That was our fourth session, I believe. Okay, cool. What level are you guys at at the moment? We're still at two. Okay. I'm hanging to get to level three because then the Psychic Warrior abilities will start to kick in. So I keep egging on now our DM saying, oh, I'm sure this is a milestone moment. I'm sure we're about to level. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully in the next one. Finding a wanted poster of yourself, that's kind of a milestone for, for story purposes. Yeah, I tried using that one. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to getting to that that third level because I think a few of us will be like, that's where our character, at least our abilities for our characters will start to kick in a bit more. That is, uh, That does feel when you... You always have a sense of what a character's going to be and when they get to the third level, particularly oh, for D&D, you get to yeah. kind of refine it with those archetypes and discover yeah. okay so this is the direction i really want them to go in this is what's working for them yeah but it's interesting though i mean that's very much a DD thing have you tried other role-playing games or table yeah games? um yep so i've played vampire masquerade yeah um had a brief stint with that not not many games um mm. i think we played the standard and then i can't remember what the the medieval what version was called. I'm guessing this was back in, back in uni days. Then, if it was, no, uh, no, no. This was um, uh, probably would have been about five years ago, five, six yep. years ago. I played that. Um, and then recently played a little bit of Fragged Empire. Oh, yeah. I want to you, have you played Empire. that before? I haven't. Oh, I good. really want to. I've got... It's so good. I kind of got money burning a hole in my pocket to get the um, the the core rulebook of that, and I just have to get around to doing yep. it. And but yeah, yep. that's that's on my list. No, I love that game. It's such a yeah. good game. Everyone, um, I, everyone I've spoken to absolutely adores it. And I'm just like, why haven't I played this yet? Yeah, and it's just it's a D6 system, so all you're using is D6 dice the whole way through. Um, uh, I suppose this is still fifth edition, but again, um, Herbert's or Tabletop Dynasties, um, oh, Goblins of Zarth. Yep. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, yeah. Itching to play his, because again, we were helping with sponsoring it, so I never got a chance to play the Fun Run version, which was oh, really yeah. cool if you heard of, yeah. So I think, yeah, he's going to do another one, which was, I didn't get to do the fun run, but I did do some some play testing for it, and it was amazing. Yeah, ah, oh, he's just it. he's an amazing storyteller. Yeah, absolutely. He's amazing just building that same, world. Same with Ben as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the world, yeah, it's awesome. Um, played a little bit of. I'm trying to remember the superhero one I played. Not champions. I can't remember the name of it as well, but it was it was quite a it's built off the hero system so it's quite a complex system yeah Yeah, i find that superhero role-playing games they do need to be a lot more complex and i'm not sure whether it's just because the amount of power that they're they're dealing with Mm. um yeah but i find they look really fun i haven't had a chance to play those i I mean love of comics means i really want to see what it's like to be the flash one time yeah 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 Yeah, uh, go captain america yeah that'd be good actually I know yeah. they're two opposing uh, companies, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's you do the amalgamation. It's it's great. It's fine, or just start yeah. an entirely new universe <laughs> where there's a, a XP of all of them. 
yeah, the crossover. Sure, there was a Marvel uh, DC crossover at one point. Oh, there's tons. There's tons. There's a great uh, caption of, not a caption, a screenshot of Spider Man punching Superman and breaking his hand. Yeah. Because it's just, of course he's going to break his hand, but of course he's going to try and punch this this weirdo who keeps flying around and knocking over buildings. <laughs> so that's that's what happens. Yeah. And I was just like, but I want to see the Hulk and Superman fight. It's like, that's going to be a combat. Oh my gosh. That would be so, amazing. I don't know who would win in that one. But before we get off into comics who yeah, would win yeah, in yeah, fights because yeah. we would uh what keeps drawing you back to D then i mean you've tried all these other systems and, and fragged empire is amazing i know that's a more of a different sort of game that's like the different yeah. style than the D fantasy element is there something that just keeps drawing you back to the fantasy adventures or um, is it just the system that you like no nah, it's it's more the system yep. i do like the d20 system and then how fifth edition has gone um it's funny. I would love to still play some other, even sci-fi themed mm. versions as well, but more in a fifth edition type universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the long and short of it is, it's it's the system. Hmm. Well, they made it so easy to use, so easy to pick up. Yeah, it's it's, like, and it's even a got lot... rules for laser pistols and things like that at the back, so it's not that too hard to bring yeah. sci-fi into it. Into it, and I believe someone's. You can get the PDF version, but I believe someone's actually created a Star Wars 5th edition, which would be really cool to play. Um, yeah. But uh, I think the other thing is as well, because there's so many more people playing D&D D&D opposed to other games as well. So it's a lot more easier to find a group, that type of thing. Mm. I think that really is the case. I mean, once you get into D&D and discover that you enjoy the role-playing aspect, you can try the other games yes but that yep. D is that gateway into the whole process and making it so simple to play means it's easy for you to sit down and go let's play D this weekend i found a group pretty yeah. simply yeah um yeah and again it's easy to find dms for D as well yeah. um didn't used think... to be <laughs> no no, <laughs> it used no, to be no there was, was one and that was per town yep yep and again like it's i think it's just a lot more I think gaming is just a lot more open than what it ever used to be, even than yeah. when I was in my 20s, um, or early 20s, I should say. Um, but I think that whole game culture is just broken through. They've kind of broken the mold. Like it's, in a way, it's almost weird if people aren't playing D&D now or playing some type of game, um, yeah. where it always used to be if you were playing a game, you're a bit of an odd person. Bit of an odd duck, so, yeah. Well, I think yeah. that's what we say i mean you might have seen it with with quest suppliers just taking off and yeah. starting the business that people are willing to give it a try now and they will yeah. generally enjoy it and it's only when it the bug really hits so they become the dnd heads that well i am for for having two podcasts on this on this topic um <laughs> but everyone seems to enjoy it at least yeah. that that a chance to play pretend even if they don't yeah. get fully into it after that yeah, it's it's that escape as well. Yeah. Um, for me, it's not playing D and D. It's it, for me, it's being around other people that love playing it. Obviously, having a good group and that type of thing. But I'm a numbers based person, so I love when you have to play with the stats and everything like that. Where it comes to the performance side of things, mm-hmm. not that it's not my favorite thing. I'm just not confident with that part. So. Um, 
breaking that mold is nice to get out of that comfort zone. But again, yeah, yeah. it's the numbers for me and the adventure and the story. Is that part of why you created Taraxin to have a chance to change what you were doing with that? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to try and force myself a little bit more in playing the character, not so much acting it out, but just more, yeah, just trying to push myself out of that comfort zone to be something different to what I usually am, hmm. as I suppose as a person or as I usually would play a character. Yeah, just trying to figure out this isn't the way I'd normally react to this. How would this character that I've built react to it? Yeah, yeah. Because hmm. it is yeah. so often I find myself in a character that I'm not thinking about, I'll just default to how I'd normally react and I'll tell a joke yeah. or something when that character would never say something that snarky. It's like they're yeah. off they're standoffish and they don't like people. It's like they're not gonna they're not gonna make fun of that guy because that's not what they do. But I, I when I'm not thinking about it, I get into <laughs> it. So it's it's almost a challenge that you're setting yourself of how can I how can I explore this little different aspect that yeah. you may not be I- seeing every day. Well, it's the same. Like I had, there was a part in the last um, session that we had, I was about to react how I usually would and be like, oh, okay, I'll be the sympathetic person. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, you can't pull it back. Mm-hmm. How would I, how would Taraxin actually interact with it? I had to stop myself for a second and then do it. So. Yeah, it's, it's tough to, I mean, that's kind of the whole appeal. I think a lot of the time for role-playing games to be able to figure out what that getting into that mindset. I mean, it's the acting thing that, that Ben often talks yeah. about, but it's, it's just such an appeal for me. It makes it even harder in other games I find, because if it's something like yeah. vampire where it's very much about the, the character that you build and it's about how they react in these completely outlandish situations, it's difficult to bring yourself into that. Yeah. Um, whereas D and D, you just kind of you can you can be wacky if you want, you can be dark if you want, you can do do what you want. Yeah, and that's what I do love with fifth edition is because again the rule set's probably a bit more simpler for people to pick up. If you're playing, say say a fighter for example, where it's a bit easier to just play it opposed to a wizard or something where you've got to think of a few different things, but it gives that a person the ability to just play their character more opposed to yeah. having to think about how does that work with the wizard or what have I got to do with this? And yeah. Yeah. You can just go, at least that's gonna, what I find. This can yeah, be sorry. just a character situation or I've just got stats in front of me. That's everything I need. Everything else yeah. just comes from my mind. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about building the character based on, well, they're really strong. So they're going to act like this. It's like, no, no, you do whatever you want. The, the stats are just yeah. there. They've, you've got them there in front of you. They will never change. The rest of it is up to you. You just act yeah. however you'd like and you can focus on that because the stats will always be there for you to, to fall yeah. back on. Yeah. And even then, as you were saying, like being able to do whatever you want in those situations is having a good group. So we're quite lucky with our group is that, and especially our DM, he'll just let us do our thing, that type of thing. There's not as there's not a lot of judgments passed between the group. Where in previous groups, especially the one I had at university, wasn't the same as what we've got with this particular group. Um, some people were getting a bit more snarlier about things that would happen, or um, certain people would carry things on even after the game. 
and take it into their personal life and that type of thing. So um, that that can obviously change. Sorry, I'm kind of changing subject a little bit here, but that can completely change the experience you have with you oh. playing your character with how the group is. Totally, so. totally agree. I mean, it's a vulnerability thing. If you're in a group yeah. where you enjoy it and you know you can step out of that comfort zone and try things, or if you say something, people won't take it personally, you're much more likely to, to try role-playing aspects. But I'm wondering, yeah. do you think that's maybe a, an age thing? That when you play in uni, you're still kind of developing as, as people? Yeah, yep. I would, yeah, I would say so as well. Because, um, again, uni was... She maybe yeah, it was maybe about twelve years ago. So um, yeah, obviously people mature by then. Yeah, because I know I read a lot of horror stories, like D and RPG horror stories on on Reddit and places like that. And a lot of them are about we're in uni and we're doing this, and I don't know how to deal with this situation. And you don't often get that stories when it's a group of forty year old, thirty five year olds playing mm. together. It's it's always yep. the younger teen players who may not have the the social skills, but. D&D is teaching them how to deal with difficult people sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a Yeah, definitely yeah. agree with that. Hmm. And now that you when you do find a group that you kind of click with and you can explore this, that just kind of solidifies and it makes the role playing like you were saying so much more much more of an experience and much more fun because you're hanging out with friends and doing it rather than yes. just doing it because you want to play a role playing game. Yeah. Yeah, which if you can find it, it's amazing. Not to rub it in the faces of everyone who can't find it, which yeah. I feel like I shouldn't do. <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it, I suppose at the same time, it, everyone's going to be able to find their their group. Um, it's just, yeah, it, you're not going to find it maybe at the first first group that you have. You might find no. it at the second, or some people are lucky to have it at the first group that they play in. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, playing with people that you know always makes it handy. But at the same same time, some of the best experiences can be with people that you actually don't know. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's what convention play can be often about, just getting to, to meet new people and having these amazing adventures with them. Yeah. yeah. And that's where PAX is great for that. Or oh, any yeah. of them, even Arcanacon as well was great. You know, we had a stall there, so I didn't get a lot of time to get out and play, <laughs> play with the others. But um yeah, meeting new people and seeing how everyone, how different people play as well as it'll give you ideas on how, how you can play your character as well and adapt just by seeing how others do theirs. You've kind of touched on the reason I started this podcast in the first place, which is mm. to find out what everyone else does when they're creating their characters. And usually I'll come up with, yeah. oh, I want to try something like that. And I'll go off and create another character in my head and never ever use them but i've created them and that's the important thing i'll yeah. have my back pocket to bring out whenever i've got a one shot to play it'd be really fun yeah i was just gonna say um it, just talking about that with creating characters it was quite funny with creating taraxin one didn't have vulnerabilities more than previous characters and obviously as i was explaining the backstory with him um the vulnerability mainly being that his love has been obviously killed he's been framed that type of thing not trusting people but i decided to do a role for points on this one i got amazing roles and my character has so many high stats and i'm like Mm -hmm. this is fantastic but at the same time it's gonna make it difficult to kind (laughs) of have 
So that's what I said to the DM once once we did the roles. I'm like, I'm going to need more vulnerabilities. I'm going to need you to be harder on my character in situations yeah. because of rolling these higher stats. So it's funny that then one of the other guys in our team did the same thing rolled. And he's like, oh, if Terry can get it, maybe I might be able to. <laughs> and he didn't roll as well. He's like, oh. So, it's those loaded dice again. That's the problem. I actually didn't use my dice for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I used just a generic set. So... Um, that's that the worked way, out well. I have some dice that I always use for character creation because I do really well with them. And yep. it's just the standard little D6s that I get from, like, I got from Games Workshop in years and years ago, like 20 years ago. For yep. character creation, they roll really well. For everything else, it's ones all the way. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so I, I know what they're used for now, apparently. I've got 50 of them, but <laughs> only character creation. Yeah, but actually going back to the dice part of it again with um, when you're saying obviously creating dice or what do you look for in them, I always go back. I'm not as big of a fan of the dice. So I'm not going to badmouth Chesex here. I do like them, but I don't like the roundness as much of those. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of sharp, sharp edge, but when I am rolling with a set of dice, I'll have that superstition not to use the rounder edge ones i'll try and use more of a sharper yep. edge so like either a handmade set of dice or um the dice that actually come from the DD starter kit or the essential oh. kit are great because they're kind of that in between i will admit i have the same superstition there are certain dice yep. again that just have that little bit of a rounded edge i'm like they're good but they're my backup dice for when my nice ones aren't rolling yes. well yeah and yep. sometimes that's the color as well it's just like yeah it's a good one that I've, I've got them because i was somewhere and forgot my dice and i need to play i'm like cool i'll just get this set it'll be good for tonight yeah. and then then i'm back to the regular ones and now i've just built up this collection of yeah but it's the it's the blue one i don't want to use that it's round it's weird yeah <laughs> you're like i didn't really have a good experience with that last week so i'm not <laughs> going to use that one i mean the solution is to, to commission dice with you of course well that'd be amazing <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that, on that note, I feel we're probably going to have to wrap up um, since yep. we've both got places to be this afternoon. Um, so if you'd like to let the listeners know where they can commission the dice, where they can find you online, um, ways yep. they can so, get in touch if they want to. Yep. So the company is Adventuring Alchemist. So we're on Facebook and uh, actually I was about to say Twitter. No, not Twitter. <laughs> uh, Instagram. So at, at Adventuring Alchemist, or you can go to our website at www adventuringalchemist.com.au um, as well as you can get the dice from the quest suppliers uh, thequestsuppliers.com.au so we have handmade dice there as well as regular dice um, as well as all your board game needs as well awesome and there'll be a link for both of those in the show notes so, so check those out uh, so Terry thank you so much for coming on it's been really fun no, talking you. with you um, and if you'd like to say farewell to our listeners possibly as Taraxan Ooh, uh, okay, let's see if I can put this voice on. Farewell, everybody.
That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that you took the time out of your day to come along and hear me talk with this wonderful guest, who I thank again for coming on and talking with me. If you enjoyed the episode and you're on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you could go and leave us a review. Five stars will get us out to more listeners. And if you share it with your friends as well, that's an even better way since we don't pay for any advertising on this channel. We can be found on other podcast networks as well. We are hosted by SoundCloud, where my other podcast is hosted as well, of Dyson DMs, where I talk about Dungeons & Dragons and other role-playing games with some of my friends. You can find news about the show on Facebook and Instagram at TellMeAboutYourDnd, or you can see us on Twitter, which is at TellMeYourDnd. Art for the episode is done by Tori Tedeschi, and music is by Pottington Bear. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. May all your hits be crits.